Representative Barbara E. Hart, a Republican from Idaho Falls, told Idaho Reports on March 17th that she has always supported suicide prevention and mental health treatment. Last year, she had concerns about how the proposed social-emotional training funding would be used. This year, her focus is on getting kids back in school. To start off, uh, Representative Ehart, several legislators this year on the floor have discussed uh, issues of suicide, and I haven't heard that in all the, I mean, you hear it occasionally, but I don't hear that every prior year. Um, why, why the extensive discussion on suicide this year? You know, obviously everyone has uh, their reasons for discussing suicide. Oftentimes they're personal. Sometimes we end up with people, uh, whether we directly knew them or we kind of had known them, uh, then that, that helps to bring up that issue. I, I will say this, that oftentimes in education, that topic does come up. I know for me personally, I actually feel like I've been very tuned into suicide for quite a while. And some of it is for personal reasons. And, and it, it leaves an indelible mark unfortunately not a good one on you. But uh, when I when I look at the suicide rates, we can look at Idaho and our suicide rates and say, oh gosh, they're comparable to other years. As much as I'm concerned, and I, I also have had numerous people this year pass away due to suicide. So it hurts. And it hurts for um, even their spouses, maybe with whom I was a better friend, to see them go through this. And more importantly than that, some of their kids with whom either I've coached or I've uh, been more involved, that hurts. It tears a family apart. And for those reasons, I think that for, for me, I have been particularly tuned in during the COVID crisis. And as we look at the suicide rates of kids, as in, as much as it hurts families when adults commit suicide, and it does. I, I work probably, well, far more with, with kids. And when I look at those suicide numbers, I know many of the stories behind them. And I will tell you that many of these have come about during COVID and, and it's because of the anxiety and mental health uh, issues that the kids are experiencing because they're not in school. I don't know, I have been saying this since uh, almost a, a year ago and I'm not going to back away from it because it matters and it matters to me. Our kids matter to me. And I'm sure people will say that the kids matter to them also. I have no doubt of that, but I wanna hear people stand up and do something about it. And I wanna see us advocate to get our kids back in school because our kids are also telling us, they are literally telling us what they want not just their parents. And I have heard from, I will literally say hundreds of parents, many of them through tears about the effects that, that, that COVID and not being in school has had on their children. I have listened to people who are not in my district that have told me about the suicides of not just one, but multiple kids right in their area. And unfortunately, suicide, I believe, is one of, um, one of those acts that when somebody sees a person they know or a friend they know, I do believe it, when things are tough for them, that also enters their mind as an option and it should never enter their mind as an option. We have options to help the kids. So um, this is an important topic. It really is an important topic to me. And I'm, I'm very happy to discuss it because I talk a lot about it in our area with our parents. And I would like to be part of a solution uh, especially for our kids, for everyone, but especially for our kids. 
What efforts are being made in the 2021 legislative session to address some of uh, the issues with mental illness? Well, certainly we have a piece of legislation with the new hotline 988 that will be there and be available. And once we have an established line, I believe that you'll see more people pointing people as a place that they can go to receive help and direction. And when we say help, I think certainly people will be there to speak with them, but direction. Um, I personally think one of the biggest things that we can do is to get our kids back in school, uh, to get them back to a routine, something on which they can count. And, uh, you know, so many kids when they're younger, and certainly many of us when we're older, we do better with the routine and to not have a routine, to not have adults in our lives, uh, people on whom we can count, whom we could turn to when we have questions, when we have problems. Sometimes, sometimes our kids just need to know they're loved. That sounds so simple, doesn't it? But how do kids, the way kids determine things so different than how we as adults determine things. And kids will determine that oftentimes by something as simple as a teacher asking how they're doing, uh, giving them a smile, possibly putting their arm around them, letting them know it's going to be okay. Simple words can help. I'm not saying they're always a solution, but when adults aren't around, it's very troubling for kids and they don't know where to turn. The other thing that I think um, I oftentimes when I'm speaking with uh, the parents and, you know, about their kids, it may be in the context of uh, sport or other things uh, where I, I deal with them, but you know, a parent, the kids will oftentimes think, well, you're mom and dad, you're supposed to feel that way. And so, um, you know, in our world today, kids need, kids need an army around them. One thing that I like to say in sports, but it's a truism in life, it's, and it's not just true for kids, it's true for all of us, but by gosh, it is really true for kids. Kids do not know, kids do not care how much you know in anything until they know how much you care. And by using that simple phrase, how will kids know that anyone cares about them if they're not around people to care about them? So I, quite simply, I believe um, uh, there are a lot of things that will help. And I know that we're uh, looking to put, continue, I should say, to put money, particularly in our schools to help with this. But our kids, our kids just need to be around people that they know really do care about them. And in all honesty, and I've always said this, I probably, a group as a whole, there is probably not a group as a whole that goes to work that cares more about kids than our teachers. And, and if there's one thing that I've heard more often than not, our kids and our parents want to be with their teachers. They want to be with them. What a joyous thing to be in a profession where people want to be with you. And so that is why I'm, I'm absolutely continuing to advocate, let's get our kids back to school and unite them with their teachers because I believe our teachers um, absolutely care and love our kids. Love our kids. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you about uh, in a 2020 education meeting, you received some criticism yep. for um, denying funding for social emotional training for teachers. Some people, I think, felt like maybe lawmakers uh, don't care. And obviously that's not the truth. I know you told me, um, as we speak now, you're obviously very passionate about the issue. Um, so can you maybe walk me through a little bit of your rationale behind not wanting to fund that? And what message uh, would you send people when, uh, when they heard about the 2020 committee hearing? What, what do you want people to know? 
I really actually appreciate your being willing to ask and allow me to answer that particular question because I have been clear. It's just whether or not people choose to look and listen. I have been clear about wanting to continue to fund and support specific mental um, health and suicide. I have been incredibly clear about that. My problem with the social emotional is people interpret that to mean what they want it to mean. And yet they don't realize that in many reasons, I mean, this is an actual program uh, for, for lack of a better word, that's being used around the country. And we have to understand that social emotional deals with behaviors and attitudes. And when we deal with behaviors and attitudes, we are talking about an area that our teachers literally aren't trained to delve into. This is where professional help is needed. And so even though, because so many people controlled the conversation and created false narratives because they didn't take the time to look and listen, I was advocating for a number of things. First, I'm actually advocating that we need to quit pouring on more and more and more to our teachers' plates and asking them to deal with things in which they're absolutely not equipped to deal. And that if we're going to deal in that realm, we need professionals who are professionally trained. This is an actual area where um, professionals need to take over because let's just make sure that we're on the same page with what we mean when we talk about social and emotional. These are non-cognitive skills. And so uh, as such, we're talking about memories, attention spans, planning, language, thinking skills, we're talking about emotional maturity, empathy, interpersonal skills, verbal and nonverbal skills, um, relating to conscientious intellectual activity. We're talking about uh, agitation, mood swings, uh, and other non-cognitive symptoms. There's a lot to the social emotional. And I, um, and, and I actually had been looking into this long before this had come up. And with that, we, you know, we've got, I've got just, uh, and there's a much longer list, but I have a list of, of about eight things that I see as harmful when it comes to social emotional. I feel that we depersonalize uh, the, in the um, education that our teachers have always provided because the social emotional means that it's for the whole class uh, as opposed to, you know, we may have one child to, for which this is particularly pertinent and yet the whole class is going to be put through it. This is again why professionals I feel like need to deal with this. Teachers are taking on the role then of mental health therapists for which they're not trained as I had already mentioned. It takes time away from academic knowledge and the fundamental skills and in the academic instruction in which we're already feeling like we're missing out. Let's not find another thing to detract from the schooling and the education that's so important. Um, these sort of things, if you don't know already, I'm definitely somebody that believes in parental consent and uh, parental involvement. These are the kind of things that an informed, active, written parental consent should be required prior to engaging in any of it. And so imagine now with people even, you know, wondering about opt in on some of the legislation I'm bringing, this is a kind of thing that absolutely should have informed parental consent. Um, it, it has been shown in other states that it promotes and establishes thoughts, values, beliefs and attitudes that are not necessarily and oftentimes not reflective of those held by the parents. And they infringe on the parents' right uh, to direct the upbringing and education of their children. And as you probably have heard me say before, we have 10, 10 state statutes that specifically hit at a 
parents' right, uh, not just in raising their children, but specifically in their educational upbringing, according to how the parent would want the kids to be raised. Uh, the social emotional programs also collect sensitive data. And we've had a lot of issues that we brought up and we have a lot of constituents bringing up the concern about data collection. And um, see, the other problem is that when you get into this area, area of data collection or social emotional learning, oftentimes it results in the improper labeling of students because again, we're talking about the whole class and, and uh, uh, students can get labeled and grouped how they shouldn't, but this data will then follow the individuals throughout their lap lifetime, certainly through the rest of their schooling. And that's just not right. And that can result in negative consequences where the kids are concerned. Um, and then, um, it, I think I kind of grouped some of my things there with my eight points all together, but I actually had real and concrete reasons for not being excited about social emotional being conducted by our teachers. Uh, and that's not to say that there's not value in this taking place, but just not by our teachers. Let's get, uh, I, I've actually advocated and you're, probably can look at uh, speaking with my colleagues on, on getting more, but I, I actually would rather see more counselors. Uh, most schools seem to only have one counselor and then that counseling, it, one or the other seems to get hurt. Either it's counseling of the kids for mental health problems and then it's not counseling when it comes to the directive of their school and looking at colleges or it's the college directive and you know the schooling and the mental health is missing. I, I don't have a particular answer because some schools may need more of one and not the other, but, but uh, you know, very possibly if we had another counselor, at least one, we could help fill in the other area. So we don't have to feel like one or the other is missing when it comes to our kids and the direction they're going, you know, with their school or their mental health. So I'm actually very cognizant of these things. And sometimes finding a path forward, if you've ever listened, it's, I mean, education, our education committee, you know, with the House and Senate, these are big committees. And we deal with a lot. And we, we deal with, um, you know, largest portion of the budget. So with these are these are issues that we still need to specifically try to address and tackle. And I'm willing to do that. I really am. You mentioned these are issues we still need to address and uh, tackle. In an ideal world, uh, what do you think the House and Senate could do that maybe they're not doing or haven't done yet? Well, um, you know, the we're as we deal with education and we deal with the monies and how they're allocated and, and how people account for them, I think what we really need to do before we, we would find the House and Senate in agreement, because remember, that's just the education committee, then we have to get it off both floors. Uh, but I, I think we need to be able to find a means by which the there's more accounting of the monies from the schools. That's not to say it's necessarily being misappropriated, it's just not being accounted the way um, our the legislature wants it to. So if we could just if we could tighten that up. So I, I guess what I'm saying is it's not just us as a legislative body. It's us continuing to work with the stakeholders in finding a way to tighten that up. Then we can say, okay, we all understand where the money's going. This is this is great. 
and it's going to the uh, education of our kids. Now, how can we address the next problems? Now, I'm sharing the things that are of concern to me. There are some other things that obviously are of concern to some of the other legislators. And so these are the conversations that we really do need to have. And, and we can keep you know, uh, making the case for why each of us think that our issue that we're helping to bring forward is more important than the other person's issue or, or how we can maybe bring a couple of them forward and, and maybe a timeline where they can keep coming forward. I do believe with uh, Governor Little being so new, the one thing I think I feel safe saying, and certainly something I've done, is, is Governor Little had a plan for education and he ran on that and, and he's, you know, the governor. And I tried to be supportive. I supported his plan uh, and and his desire to increase the amount of money going to first year teachers. And I had a very concerned, real concern and expressed it his first year that, you know, why were we addressing the first year teachers first and not and not working to retain some of our seasoned teachers who really helped make education go. But he promised that we address that the next year, which was last year. And I feel like we've made great strides to do so. Um, and, you know, as, as we're saying this, I just wanted to see if I could pull up one piece of information that's really fascinating. Um, when it comes to the public school general fund spending, it's increased $780 million or 61% over the last seven years. That's a significant amount. So I, I feel like now, obviously, I've only been here the last couple, but I feel like people are trying to do that. Um, certainly, it doesn't happen all at once. But, you know, we're, we're working to that end. I would just, like I say, like to see some more dedicated funding when the money increased to specific things, which I feel like will help our kids. For more information on suicide prevention, visit the Idaho Suicide Prevention Hotline website at idahosuicideprevention.org or call or text 208-398-4357.